Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Hello, and welcome to Star Talk All Stars. I'm Seth Shostak, and your All Star host. I'm senior astronomer at the SETI Institute, S E T I, almost my name, a coincidence. SETI is an acronym for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And uh, if you ever saw the movie Contact, you know what I do for a living. My day job is to try and find cosmic company that's at least as smart as your cousin by using big antennas to try and eavesdrop on signals. Today we're going to talk about uh, unidentified flying objects. Joining me in the studio is co-host comedian Ray Allen. Ray. Hello, Seth. Yeah. Hello, universe. <laughs> Are you an alien, Ray? It'd be, it'd be job security for me. And we also have Skyping in uh, a real expert on this stuff, it's Ben Radford, and he's the deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer, and he's a research fellow with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. Ben is the go-to guy, so that's why we're going to him, the go-to guy for all things unexplained and paranormal. We're glad to have him on. Ben, it's a real pleasure to see you and to hear from you. Thanks, Seth. Always great to talk to you. I always have a, a fine time talking sciency and skeptically and, and spacey things with you. Great. Okay, look, uh, why don't we just cut to the chase here, because people want to know, what happened in Roswell, New Mexico? Since you're in New Mexico now, you're not that far from Roswell. I mean, it's, a, it's just a little, little cow town, I mean, uh, at the edges of the Great Plains. Nobody would have ever have heard about it, except for what happened in the summer of 1947. What purportedly happened there? Well, it's a, it's a long, uh, somewhat complicated story. I'll try to keep it concise. But uh, And I have been there before. Uh, I've been to the Roswell every year. Of course, they have an annual festival, because why wouldn't you? Uh, and so you can go there and you can see where, uh, one of the, where according to some people, the, the, the crash occurred. Uh, long story short, basically what happened was that um, a rancher uh, saw some debris in, the, in, a, in a field out, uh, outside of Roswell. Um, and uh, it later came to the attention of the local sheriff, who then uh, called uh, ca called the local press, uh, and then it sort of turned into this whole big thing. And the the this led to uh, the the story that uh, well the, the initial story was the the famous headline you know saucer crash in Roswell. Uh, this was actually a mistake, uh, and of course, this has been latched onto by conspiracy theorists who say, "Well, look, you know, they admitted it at first. Now they're backtracking." At the end of the day, what actually happened was that there was a um, there was a, a a project mogul, which is a uh, which is a top secret uh, project you know, that was designed to listen in for uh, for Russian ex nuclear explosions, for example, for, from from great heights. Well, well, wait a minute um, here, Ben. I, I, I'm going to back up just for a moment because I want to get this straight. So it's okay. a, some it's a, Something, I just want to get the storyline here. It, it's right. the summer of 1947. The Roswell Daily Record, which was the newspaper at the time and may still be, has this big headline in font you could read from low-flying aircraft that said, uh, saucer flying disc. I, they didn't call them flying saucers at that point, I don't think. Anyhow, whatever. Right. It crashed near Roswell, right? And and, right. and, and and you know, people think, oh, well, because they'd been hearing about these things, right? I mean, this was not the first time somebody thought they saw something from another world buzzing the skies. It was not the first time. No. Ah, that I didn't know. I thought this was the first one, and they ran with it. No, 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 no. This has you know, this has had great marketing, right? So, <laughs> right, so, so I mean, they had well, heard of it. No, am, am I right, Ben? 
Yeah, yeah. What's interesting is that is that what what sometimes people forget is that the Roswell uh, crash and there was there was in fact Roswell crash. It just wasn't aliens. This happened shortly after the famous Kenneth Arnold sighting, which basically put the the term flying saucer into the public lexicon. So there, there's a you know at, at this point the you know flying saucer and aliens were, were very much in, in the public consciousness, and so that's why that's one reason why when people found this this debris, which which by the way you know the the later stories of finding bodies and and all these sorts of you know yeah. craft and things from extra extraterrestrial craft none of that was in the original eyewitnesses if you look at the original eyewitnesses they described finding basically uh pieces of foil and sticks um and lightweight uh you know you know materials that would be used in the, in for example uh, a balloon so the if you go back to the original the very first eyewitnesses none of them had any of the more dramatic sensational claims about bodies and 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 all these other things that that really sort of latched onto the roswell myth in fact decades later okay but the second day the day after that big headline there was another big headline in the Roswell Daily Record, and they changed the story. They said the military says, look, uh, this was not a flying disc. This was a weather balloon. And that was a little bit disingenuous of them, wasn't it? It was. It was. And again, this is it's basically a series of mistakes uh, that has been latched onto by the conspiracy theorists to sort of suggest, well, clearly there's some cover up going on. No, in fact, this may come as a surprise to, to the audience. Sometimes our government is incompetent. <laughs> now and then they are you shocked, Ray? You look I'm shocked. Stunned. I can't believe can't believe what Ben's saying. <laughs> I, I, I know. Can I believe I'm what you're saying. Doc, okay, Dr. Wild here. But no. So basically, the, the the I mean, you know, you raise a good question, and the, I've I've heard this oftentimes before. And the answer is that the the when the Air Force was, was originally asked, the person they asked, uh, he he did believe it was a weather balloon. I mean, it was not. He wasn't lying. That's that's what he thought it was. He hadn't seen it firsthand. Uh, and and you know, because the thing in the Project Mogul was it was a top secret project, and so the locals at the local Air Force base weren't in on it. And so when when the when the weather balloon explanation came down, that was that, that was, was what he thought it was. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I don't think it was taken terribly seriously locally. Uh, the citizenry of Roswell didn't go nuts about this thing. Uh, how did this become the poster child for all the UFO encounters? Well, it's fascinating because essentially the Roswell incident, um, it, it, you know, the, the, the whole story uh, went dormant for, for decades. Uh, you know, between 1947 and, say, the, the, really the 70s and 80s, uh, nobody thought anything of it. It, it. There was no such a thing. It was like, remember that thing that crashed? Oh, yeah, no big deal. And it wasn't until the 1980s when you, had, uh, when you had books coming out that were sort of reviving the Roswell story. And so people would um, – there were books you know, by uh, Philip Corso and others that would sort of uh, – and, and, and Berlitz as well who – would, who would basically revise the Roswell story. And they would go and interview people who decades earlier – would would say yeah I was there and then basically it was a it's a really fascinating case of basically folklore in the making where where again if you if you do the the investigation the, in the original research you find out there's really not much to it but so the, the Roswell story in my mind is re- very much a folkloric story it's the story of how uh, you know, an idea like a kernel of a real event again something did crash outside of Roswell, but it wasn't all the other things that have become associated with it, certain in the last 20 years. Okay, well, look, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting next to somebody at Denny's for lunch, and they find out that you know something, well, he goes to the best, right? Just love a good Denny's lunch. <laughs> and, and somebody's asking you about this, I mean, a large fraction of the public 
actually believes that aliens came who knows how many hundreds of light years to visit the land of enchantment, to visit New Mexico. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it was the Tex-Mex cuisine. I don't know why they come to New Mexico. But, but they were coming to New Mexico, and they've come all this way, trillions of miles, and then the last 50 feet they make a navigation error and crash into the dirt. Okay, so what, what, what do you tell them? I mean, you say, well, that's right, they did that. Yeah, it, it, it really depends on how sober the person next to me is. If it's Denny's, really it could go either way. Um, certainly out here in New Mexico. You know, it, the thing is, you know, if, if the person that I'm talking to seems like they, they're genuinely curious about it, and of course, certainly here in, here in New Mexico and across the country and around the world, in fact, of course, it's a, that's what Roswell's known for. I mean, with all due respect to Roswell Tourism Board, <laughs> that's pretty much the only reason to go there. It's, it's a nice enough town, but that's, of course, what made their name. And so people all over the world know about it, and they sort of hear bits and pieces about it. And, of course, most of the time they're informed or misinformed by these sensational stories and stuff. And so so I try I try to engage my audience, right? So if it's somebody who seems genuinely open to hearing what actually happened, I'll tell them the story because I, I know it, I've written about it, and this and that. But uh, you know, sometimes I'll just basically say, I'll, I'll do what you just did, which is say, all right, well, let's think about this for a second. You know, how is it that these aliens managed to come all the way across the galaxy and all the way into, into our little solar system? And again, in the last 50 feet, suddenly they have, one of the stories is that lightning hit it. I'm like, really? The, the aliens... They they, they they managed to make it through the vast expanses of space, but lightning did it in. Um, and it's, a, it's the same thing I use when I talk to people about, for example, people who think that the crop circles are actually sort of alien graffiti. I said, does this make sense to you? I mean, that, that you know, instead of sending radio signals, which, you know, SETI might be a good idea to do, um, that no, 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 we're not going to send radio signals. That's too easy. No, we're going to come all the way over here so we can locate some fields of wheat and make circles. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound terribly reasonable. Well, it could be maybe the aliens just have a very low IQ and they want to go to a Roswell and make some crop circles. And it's like it's, 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 it's intergalactic finger painting for them. That's yeah. really what it is. It's hard to make crop circles <laughs> in Roswell, I suspect. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> desert crop circles. Well, we've got to uh, go on to the cosmic queries. Uh, we'll be coming back to you, Ben, because I, I want to get to the... Uh, a, the bottom of Roswell, what really happened there. And uh, you alluded to that earlier, but I'd, I'd like to get your quick summary on that. But also to the whole phenomenon of UFOs, because one-third of the American public thinks that indeed some of these unidentified flying objects in the sky are actually alien visitors. It's not 1%, it's like a third. 33%. It's, 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 it's yeah. a lot of people. It's a lot of people. So, you know, what's going on there? Quite a few. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Maybe it's a big conspiracy. And really, what I'd like to find out this episode is, is what are the address of the Denny's in Roswell? If Ben could let me know, I'd love to find out. A, a Denny's or IHOP in Roswell, because I'd love to take a road trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll meet up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. Perfect. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Admirable expectations, Ray. Okay, let, let's go to these cosmic queries. You got All right, yes. Uh, Amanda Clark uh, writes and says, if the government did have contact, why would they not share it with us? Uh, I know it starts from a conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory place, but I just wonder if there would be any logical reason to keep the info from us. Good yeah, question. Yeah. Is the government hiding? Go ahead. Ben, tell me. I mean, if you can. I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> I'm not I'm clear to hear this. <laughs> Are they listening? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I mean, this is this is this is exa- this is a perfect question, and and you know, I've pointed this out to people before. Uh, you know, I've asked people like, why exactly? You know, for, for the conspiracy theorist, 
why why is it that the, you think that people would would be the government would make all this and not just one government of course we're talking an international consortium spanning many administrations and countries and decades uh, to all suppress this evidence and it just doesn't make sense and people say well you know it's because you know if if people really thought that that aliens were contacting us then you know then it would be there would be mass panic and of course the, the the reply to that is but if you look at polls. Many people already think that aliens have contacted us. So right. that, that has not happened. So that, that explanation, well, there would be mass panic. No, 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 no. A lot of you, like, as you said, you know, depending on what, not, what, what poll you look at, uh, between you know, a quarter and a third of them already think that. So that clearly hasn't happened. They, they don't have an answer. They're That's, still going to work at the, every day. You know, they, yeah, but couldn't you make the argument just because somebody might think that it happened is very different from being presented with hard evidence. That could, that could create the fear. Like some people think Trump will be a great president. If he becomes president, they might be like, holy shit, what do we do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, there, there, there may be something to that. I mean, uh, Ben, it, it's okay to say, well, I believe that it's true. But if the government were to come out tomorrow, and after all, I mean, Hillary said something on a late night talk show about this, that she was going to get to the <laughs> bottom of this. I, I, I must confess, I don't understand that, because if if the uh, the government powers that be who can get to the bottom of it, presumably, say, uh, well, yes, we've actually been, we have the aliens freeze-dried and stacked up at Area 51. If they say that, you know, everybody would go non-linear. But if they say, no, we, we don't have any evidence of alien visitation, everybody would say, that's a, they're, they're lying to us. So I don't see how it solves anything. But suppose yeah. they, if they did do it, I mean, do you think that people would be rioting in the streets? We're not going to work today. We're going to riot in the streets because uh, they've got aliens. No, this this is absurd. I mean, again, they're, they're, the government is in a no-win situation because the thing is that, that even if the government came totally clean tomorrow and declassified everything and said, look, here's what's going on you know, at Area 51, here's uh, you know, Air Force bases, the fact is that the, the conspiracy theorists wouldn't believe them. They would assume there's there's another layer of the cover-up. So, and this is inherent, of course, in conspiracy theory thinking, is that there's no way to disprove it because anything you offer them as counter-evidence is taken as part of the conspiracy. Yeah, so, you're part of the cover-up, Ben. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way to, to argue with these people because, you know, it's like, well, anything you say. So, you know, the, and it's, it, so again, that's one of the problems is that, you know, when from the government point of view, no matter what they say, people aren't going to believe it. So, you know, let, let them wonder what's at Area 51. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to care at Area 51. They really don't. Yeah. All right. Jake Goodwin writes, What reason would an alien race powerful and intelligent enough to easily traverse the universe uh, to uh, make it to Earth possibly have for coming here in the first place? Yeah, well, I, I, I might take that one because, in fact, there have been panels, there have been serious discussion about what it is that we have here on planet Earth that might attract the interest of aliens. And the answer is not much. I mean, it's certainly, <laughs> I, I, I know that this, this yeah, may on, offend you. Candy Crush? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's it. I mean, uh, none of the raw materials, the water, you know, the minerals, the precious metals, all that stuff. They've got all that wherever they are. And that's easy to show. So hey, they're not going to come here just for that, right? Uh, you remember Avatar? They went for the unobtainium. But they actually tell you how fast their rockets are. I worked it out. Buying a pound of unobtainium and having it shipped back from that plant with all the blue people, that would be like ordering a book from Amazon, paying $30,000 for the shipping. You probably won't do it. Okay, so they're not coming here for that, right? They, the only thing we've got, I mean, obviously, they may come to study the biology or 
it's the culture. Our rock and roll is probably different from their rock and roll. That's the only thing we got. Well, what if, what if uh, on their planet they ran out of materials and they're coming here to get our? Yeah, you look. Our it's water. hard to run out of materials. Universe <laughs> says a lot of stuff. If we run out of materials, and you know we will, we're running out of all sorts of things like copper. People are going to break into your house, not for that big screen TV I know you have, Ray, but for the for the copper pipes in the wall. Uh, but you can get that from, you know, just mine the asteroids or somebody, some other planet, just take Mars apart or, or Venus, better better Venus. Venus isn't such a great place. So I've know. been hoarding copper in my basement. Have you been doing yeah, that? Yeah, there are a lot of people in New York who do that. Yeah. Well, let me just add that, that, you know, one of the one of the conspiracies, of course, about aliens and, and is cattle mutilations. And the idea is that is that when you find these mutilated uh, cattle here and there and in, in the southwest primarily that it's because aliens have come down and snipped out the soft parts of cattle including cow anuses oh. so my question is you know on what planet are cow anuses so fascinating and so rare that they need to come all the way over here to to analyze them and i just i just don't get it this yeah. planet has very very fascinating cow anuses let's be very clear about that ben Fair, okay, fair enough. You, you're the expert. I, I will defer to your expertise on cow ani. Yeah. Yes, I am the expert in the cow in the cow anus field. No, no buts about it. We have time for another question here. Sure. All right. Uh, this is from Kelia Silvis, uh, a Patreon. Uh, she's a scientist from Minnesota. In Star Trek Voyager's distant origin, the crew of the Voyager discovers descendants of Earth dinosaurs who developed the space program and escaped Earth before the Chicalube. Asteroid hit? Chicxulub, yeah. Chicxulub, yes. Uh, pretending for a moment that dinosaurs actually were capable of interstellar travel, would any evidence of their space program still exist? Dinosaur space program. All right, we got a little bit of time, but not much. Ben, do you want to weigh in on the dinosaur space program, or is that uh, too short an answer? Yeah, I don't. Uh, wow, you know, I, I really got nothing on this. One. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw them back to you, Seth. <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> look, the the thing about dinosaurs is that uh, they weren't very good at picking up pliers and things like that that you might need to build a rocket to go anywhere, right? Yeah, they kind of walk around. They have these small little hands. I, I, there's no evidence for the uh, dinosaurs even developing science, which you need before the technology. All right, we've got to take a short break here, but don't go too far. We'll be right back here with UFOs and possible aliens on. Star Talk All Stars. Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars UFO Edition. I'm your host for today, Seth Shostak, and we have professional comedian Ray Allen. You're professional. Hey, I am a pro. <laughs> All right, joining as a as co-host today and skyping into this studio, we have Ben Radford, Ben's deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer, and he's helping us delve into the topic of USOs, uh, UFOs. You know, one thing, Ben, before we get started here on these cosmic queries again, we were talking about Roswell. And, of course, we all know the, uh, the story that some people believe that the aliens indeed crashed outside of Roswell and the government, you know, kept it all under wraps. What do you think is the correct explanation for what happened to Roswell? Well, it's sort of a convoluted story, but essentially what happened was that, uh, again, there was, there was this, this, de this debris that was found, basically uh, sticks and, and, and basically you know, tin foil and light things like that, uh, that later became, through later iterations and legends and lore, uh, these crashed bodies and, and the, this and that. So the, the, original, the original eyewitnesses said that it was just simply uh, you know, what, the things that you would find in a, in, a, uh, in a weather balloon or in, in a loft uh, uh, pro project. 
So what happened was that it, it was, in fact, you know, the, the first people that, that when the Air Force said that it was a uh, flying saucer, that was, that was, of course, a mistake. Then they said, well, no, it's a weather balloon. But in fact, it was not a weather balloon. That's what, that's what the person that said it thought at the time from the local Air Force base. It was, in fact, a top secret project called Project Mogul, which was uh, intended to, to basically uh, spy and listen for, uh, for uh, uh, Soviet tests, Russian tests. And so uh, what happened was that eventually in 1994, the Air Force released uh, information about Project Mogul, because again, it was secret during the Cold War. And they said, look, th this is actually what happened. Uh, and in, if you go back and look at the timeline, it fits perfectly because Project Mogul was, was released about 10 days before the wreckage was found uh, on this ranch outside of, of Roswell. So it, when you look at the timeline of what actually happened, it all fits nicely. It's only when you start in including these sensational stories of alien bodies and, and these you know many dubious eyewitnesses that come forth decades later that things get complicated. All right. So it was a top secret government project to find out if the if the Soviets had the bomb. I mean, that's what it was about, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Essentially, yeah. All right. All right. Now you know. Now I know. You want to do some queries? Some Let's do some queries. queries. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Seth and Ben. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Michael Wojtas. Or Wojtas. Are there any theories considering alien presence on Earth that you find particularly entertaining, amusing, or maybe interesting? Yeah. I have to say, personally, I get called every day. I'm sure Ben gets more calls than I do. But I get called every day by people who claim that they have some evidence, by the way. And they're all, uh, I wouldn't say they're all amusing. They're all interesting, and I respond to them all. But Ben, you're the expert. Uh, are, are there any that you find particularly exceptional in these ways? Yes. I would say probably the, the uh, you know, on one level... You know these these conspiracy theories about alien crashes. On one level, they're kind of all the same. It's sort of the same stuff recycled over and over again. If you look at the the, the lore of of UFO crashes and that, uh, but probably the most interesting and amu amusing one is the one about the uh, the day the 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 supposed uh, base underground base under Dulce, New Mexico, which is in my home state in the northern part. And the story goes that there that underneath this 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 mountain range uh, near the Colorado border, um, there is this top secret government base that, that uh, and there's all these different levels. And so allegedly there's been these alien wars going on and there's you know, these incredibly fantastic conspiracies about uh, the, all the stories going on. There's, you know, there's seven, you know, different levels, there's like seven different levels. On one level, they're making, you know, Bigfoot and Chupacabras. On another level, they're having, you know, wars out of Star Wars. It's just fascinating. And of course, there's no evidence that, that the base exists at all. And yet, uh, <laughs> it's just, people will just go on and on about these, these crazy stories under Dulce. Well, is it helping the New Mexico economy in any sense? I mean, all this, all this manufacturing going on there in northern New Mexico. It is, and it, it, it's uh, it's it's helping the local economy because uh, last year there was uh, there was actually a, a UFO conference at Dulce, uh, and they brought in speakers. I I would thought about going, but I I, I was busy because uh, I would love to like. So I'm here. Where's the evidence? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, but you know that I would not have been welcome there. So, uh, but yes, they, it does bring in some money for the local economy. And of course, that's one reason that a lot of these UFO stories are perpetuated. That happened in Aztec, New Mexico. It happened in Roswell, of course. Uh, there's a there's a financial incentive to to perpetuate these stories. All right, I want to get to more questions, but you know, you you prompt me to ask this because I thought about it. I mean, if we're being visited, 
by extraterrestrials. There couldn't be a bigger story than that. I mean, that would be an incredibly interesting thing. But I have to say, if we are being visited, I mean, just let's assume we are being visited just for a moment. You've got to say these are the best house guests ever, right? Because they don't kill anybody. They don't solve any of our problems. When I go down to the airport, they never tell me as we're sitting on the tarmac, sorry, folks, this plane is going to be delayed for 30 minutes because there are unidentified aircraft in the area and we can't take off. Nothing. <laughs> they don't They do not do anything except improve the uh, financial prospects of towns in New Mexico. Uh, and occasionally, you know, uh, apparently take the soft parts out of, uh, of, of dead cattle. Oh, well, there is that. Okay. That's right. <laughs> the yes. butchers. Okay. That's right. The Denny's in New Mexico has never been busier. Uh, this is a good follow-up <laughs> question from Will Burke. Uh, of all the strange hoaxes, which one do you think to be the most well thought out and believable, even if it's clearly false? Hmm. Ben. Ben. Well thought out. That's 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 Is that's it? an interesting question. I mean, there's so many hoaxes and UFOs. Uh, well, th the 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 part that's tripping up is the well thought out part. <laughs> there's there's all sort. I mean, I can I can name you a dozen. There's the MJ12 documents. There's the uh, there's the uh, the alien mummies. Um, probably in in terms of the most elaborate, I'll just instead of well thought out, I'll probably go for the the um, the Roswell dummy uh, story that that happened in the 1990s. When, of course, there was that video footage, uh, well, film apparently, uh, of the, the alien autopsy. This was later sold, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, Guccione of Penthouse Magazine, who paid, I don't know, $2 million for it. Um, <laughs> hope he kept his receipt. Uh, later turned out, of course, uh, to, be, to be faked. Uh, but it was, you know, for a while, it was, it, was a, it was a Fox special. So there you go. Um, so that was probably, in terms of the most interesting elaborate hoaxes, probably the alien autopsy. Yeah, that is why I got my penthouse subscription for that story. That's why. <laughs> really? I did it. Yeah, you know, I, I, it. I, I, I believe you, Ray. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, let's go. Uh, <laughs> go to another question. Then. Here's a fun. Uh, here's a fun question from Marcus Sparza. Uh, what one song would you choose to play to aliens introducing them to Earth? Yeah, you know that's an interesting question because it 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 presupposes that the aliens a can hear and b have music. Right. And, you know, I've, I've occasionally been asked if we could get in touch with the aliens, what questions would I ask them? And the only two questions that come to mind readily, one is, do you have religion? The other one is, do you have music? Right. And if they're on a planet with an atmosphere, if they're biological, they, they might very well have music because they will have ears. Ears are great if you're living in a forest because you can hear danger that you can't see. So it's a good thing to have hearing. What if, what if they don't have ears? What if they, everything is tele, to, telepathic? Yeah, how does that work there, Ray? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'm not All right, well. In <laughs> yeah, Seth, what if they're telepathic? Yeah, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, you can... You can if they're telepathic, I mean, why aren't they communicating with me now? I mean, that that would I could get a raise for that because we can't. We have no telepathic powers. Yes, they that's do. right. That's right. Well, you 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 know there is something called physics, but let's let's not even worry about all that. Yeah. Uh, I think that the most amazing thing that could happen to an alien if they came to New Mexico again. Uh, is to land at a disco on a Saturday night, but that they didn't have hearing, right? And they just see all these creatures, you know, sort of gyrating around. They don't hear anything, and they just, right. they figure, okay, it's some sort of religious practice. All right, I, right. I, I don't know. I think we should play in some Taylor Swift. That's what they greet them with, with uh, Taylor, Taylar Swift, Swift or, or Ann Murray. We have sent music to the to heaven. Uh, NASA in 2008 actually sent a Beatles song to the North Star. Is that right? Yeah, they haven't replied yet, but it hasn't gotten to them yet either. Which song was it, do you know? Uh, Across the Universe. Uh, yes, yes, in oh, fact. Appropriate. Yeah. Did you know that, Ben? 
I did not know that. Yeah, well, you they haven't responded yet. But but that star is 400 light years away, so it'll take a while. Hmm. Okay. Lay it on us, Ray. All right. Uh, let's go with that. Why do... This is from Dave Crozier. Why do the aliens who appear to have vastly superior technology only seem to abduct people from the low end of the gene pool? God, that's not very kind. It's not nice, but Dave is... It's a, it's, a, it's a legitimate inquiry from Yeah, yeah they, they never take diplomats or, you know, never. scientists. It, never. It's never a PhD. Guys with cameras. Yeah, a PhD right. candidate. Never, no. It would be good if they took guys with cameras. Ben, <laughs> is there a reason for this? Oh, well, I can think of a few. They're, they're not polite. Uh, I think probably the, the best <laughs> answer is that... Um, that it, it to, to do i mean it, it fuels the whole conspiracy theory because again you know part as you know part of the part of the idea behind the conspiracies particularly with ufos is there's this there's this um this aggression against egghead scientists with all due respect it's the idea that you know it's it's the common people it's like you know that the 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 government elites the scientists the the officials they have a lockdown on this technology and you know and they're gonna this is this is part of the idea behind the men in black right it's the idea that that the men in black serve as a as an enforcer uh to sort of keep the 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 common folk um, you know, from, from, you know, from sharing their stories and this and that. Obviously, the men in black are failing miserably because everyone knows about them. But anyway, uh, so I think that the, 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 the reason that the, the alien abductors, the aliens w would abduct uh, people from, from that, that strata is, is precisely because it feeds the mythology, the, folk, the UFO uh, alien mythology. Um, you know, if, if the aliens abducted uh, Hillary Clinton or, uh, or another, you know, another world leader, uh, then, number one, their presence would be immediately known. It wouldn't be sort of, you know, oh, it, this happened to me, you know, in the backwoods of Louisiana in 74. It happened, you know, in White House in, in 2016. So it's uh, the, that that that'd be my answer is that it, it that particular motif uh, is embedded in UFO folklore and alien mythology. I got to say that that actually aligns pretty well with something that I've often wondered about. And that is why the whole UFO discussion, the whole issue there is so it is so emotion-laden. I mean, if you say, no, I don't think that the aliens really crashed or, or something like that, people get really exercised about that, right? They really do. And I kind of mm -hmm. wonder, why is it so emotional? I mean, you know, either there's good evidence or there isn't good evidence, but it becomes emotional. And I think that part of that is because here's a case where somebody who maybe doesn't have advanced degrees in science or any of that sort of stuff that they know something that's really important that those nerdy, pointy-headed, you know, jacket-wearing academics down at the local university don't know. And it's empowering. I think there's something to that. Maybe. It also could be that maybe it just gives them a hope, a, a belief in a higher power, and maybe they like the thought of that. But people like the idea that people, well, that beings, uh, more powerful than they are, are interested in their well-being. I mean, interested enough to haul them out of their bedrooms and use them for uh, unauthorized experiments, as some people think is happening, right? We like that because when we were kids, there were such all-powerful beings that uh, had some control over your life. They were right. called your mom and dad. They were called your parents, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. All right, let's, let's see. All right. Uh, ba -ba -ba. Corey Chapman writes, I'm curious, Seth, 
Uh, what are the protocols for uh, if or when you guys find what looks like a legitimate SETI signal? Do you go straight to the press? Do you call the president first? Do you open champagne? What do you do? Yeah, well, I get this question a lot. And in fact, there are some protocols. But all they say is check out the signal, tell everybody, and don't broadcast anything back until you've you know, cleared that with the population of the earth. I don't know how you do that. It just says, <laughs> it, it just says international consultation. And to me, that could be the Swedish chess team. I, I don't know. But in fact, the realities of the situation mitigate against all of that. What actually happens, and when I say that, I'm not, I'm not just theorizing, I'm not trying to shine you on. When I say what actually happens, we've had at least three that I can think of incidents where we thought maybe this is a real signal, right? So you can see what happens. And what happens is that there's no secrecy in the SETI community, so everybody knows, and immediately the media start calling up. That's what actually happens. So it's a big, big story before you've had even the slightest chance to verify that this signal is really something extraterrestrial. So it'll be just this huge media response. And by the way, uh, the, the responsible media will be the last to run the story. They want confirmation. Sure. But, you know, you'll read about it in the checkout line long before you see it in the New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> if I was standing next to you, I'd go right on Snapchat. Yeah, there you go. See? Uh, yep. see? Mm -hmm. yeah. I would tweet. I would Instagram it. People think the, the men in black would show up. I, you know, that'd be interesting. At least that means there's budget for that. <laughs> No, uh, you put it put it on social media. It's just like you know, should we reply to aliens? Like and share if the answer is yes. Right. Yeah, that's a, actually that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I think we ought to do that. Uh huh. Uh, Emma Banuelos asks, if we did meet other intelligent life, how would we talk to them? Would we assume that they already know our language? Yeah, well, they always do in the movies. I have to say, they always speak colloquial American English, right? That's good. It's sort of <laughs> like in every other movie. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Spock had a Boston accent, actually. Yeah, sl so, slight Boston accent. He just suburban Boston accent. Is it suburban? Okay. Yeah, live long and prosper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay, you could be a Vulcan. Sure. Uh, yeah, what was the question again? Oh, how do we communicate with him? Well, look, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Obviously, we don't. I mean, we forget the language because... You don't, you don't know what they speak. If they even have a language, one assumes they have a language if they built a radio transmitter. But you could always send pictures. I think it's a fairly safe bet that they have vision, that they have eyes, right? Because you're on a planet, it's around a star, there's all this light falling on you. And if you don't use it, you're probably going to get eaten up by something that does. So I, I think sending pictures, and that's sort of what we have done when we bolt greeting cards on the sides of spacecraft. I think pictures are a good way to go. Yeah. Do we have, right. we have time for a real quick uh, one? A real quick one from Antonio Rodriguez. If humans visited another civilization, could they be mistaken for monsters? <laughs> well, you know, uh, maybe that's your definition of monster. I mean, uh, maybe you would be. Think of what happened, actually, when Cortez came to, uh, you know, yeah. Latin America, right? He, he was on a horse, and they'd never seen that before, and the Aztecs, and they, they thought maybe he was some sort of monster. So who knows? If my ex-girlfriend visited another civilization, she would be considered a monster. Really? Absolutely. Gosh. All right. That, that's well, complimentary enough. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> we have to take another short break on the dis this discussion. Uh, but don't worry. We'll be right back, and we'll be answering some more cosmic queries from you, our brilliant listeners. Stick around for more Star Talk All-Stars.
Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I'm your All Star host, Seth Shostak. And co hosting with me in the studio is professional comedian Ray Ellen. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> he can talk with his hands there. And our skeptic expert, Ben Radford from Skeptical Inquirer is here to provide the latest theories on UFO sightings and some theories that aren't maybe the latest but are still germane. All right, what's our next question here, Ray? All right, Ellie Mintz writes, is it more plausible aliens would be future humans who figured out time travel rather than travel the universe? All right, so they're they're actually us. They're not alien beings, that kind of thing. That happens a lot on TV. does. Ben, what do you think? Happen a lot in the universe, Ben? Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of time travel stories. Uh, I, I part is just because I, I'm so skeptical that I the the, the, the contradictions pop out at me. So uh, I'm going to have to say that the likelihood of of, of people mastering time travel is uh, far less than than it is of, of mastering intergalactic travels. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, no, and and also there's a the motivation. I mean, if you had time travel, would you come back to 2016? I mean, well, it depends. If they're if they're in the year ninety five eighty, then maybe twenty sixteen seems quaint and charming. The way I would view, you know, nineteen fifty five. Yeah, it wasn't that quaint and charming. I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> all right, I've been I'd there. Be I've done that. To, <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, all right, maybe I go to eighteen sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you don't like this Terminator dealie where you know the, the, yeah. the aliens are just us. Yeah, no. Uh, that, 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 that's you know I think that's cheating the universe. They couldn't make some other species. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, Evane two seven three. If aliens made contact with us or we made contact with them, what's the likelihood that they would have the same ten based number system as us? For example, if they had eight fingers or uh, finger like extremities, do you think their number system would be eight based? Yeah. Well. Actually, I think they would be. And the fact that we have, you know, five digits on each hand and so forth and so on, that's all an accident of evolution. It has to do with fishy ancestors or something like that, okay? And to be honest, four, as long as you had that opposable thumb, if you don't have the opposable thumb, you're probably not talking about it because, you know, (laughs) you haven't invented television yet or radio or any of that stuff. (laughs) Or Twitter. Yeah, but eight actually works better in the binary number system than 10 does. Right. And so I think that uh, by the time they get to computers and start building smart machines to take over their jobs, uh, they, would, they might do better with, with uh, four on each hand instead of five. <laughs> That's my opinion. But, you know, I, I don't think there's anything magic about five on each. Solidamian. That's an interesting name. Solidamian asks, uh, do you think there is an intergalactic law that prohibited other live forms to communicate with us? Yeah. yeah. Are we being boycotted, you mean? Uh, are they, they deliberately keeping quiet? This is sometimes called the zoo hypothesis, actually. That You know, they know we're here, but they're, they're just holding back and not uh, betraying themselves. What do you think of that, Ben? Does that strike you as likely? It uh, strikes me as unlikely in the extreme. I mean, look, if you, if you really did find alien life, and of course to them we would be the alien life, why in the world wouldn't you try to contact it and and you know is, and study it and and you know figure out what's going on? Unless of course there's some sort of version of the the prime directive, right? Don't don't interfere. So, uh, you know, I no, I I don't think that that's I don't think that's that's likely. I mean, you know, you're you want to find out. You, you, pre- assuming that the aliens are are curious enough to you know to seek beyond their their local environment, then why wouldn't they go ahead and take the extra step and, and contact us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, too. I mean, and, and also, by the way, they all have to agree on that. I mean, maybe these aliens over here say, oh, we're going to keep quiet. And those aliens over there say, hey, look, it's an export market. Let's get in touch with them. Right. So, 
It's an export market. Um, <laughs> we got cow anuses to sell, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm getting for you wholesale. Isn't that what they say? This is from Steve Andrews. Uh, how likely is it that an alien life form is so similar to us, uh, we wouldn't notice that they were already walking among us? That's sort of like the movie Cocoon. Yeah, they save on uh, costuming that way, right? right yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks like us. Right, indeed, that they adopt our human form. I mean, I don't know. It's like going to Mars and pretending to be a bacterium. I, all right, sorry, Ben. <laughs> Could they do that? Shape shift and look like humans, so they blend uh-huh. in. I would I would say no. I mean, look, I mean, the, as you pointed out, I mean, the, the reason that we have our physical form is, of course, we're the product of, of evolution. And, and under the specific, uh, you know, our you know, environmental constraints of, of, of Earth and, and elsewhere. So, so the idea, I mean, I guess you could have sort of like a, the, uh, the, the, the character on DS9, the, the Rene Bourgeois character, I forgot his name, that would, Odo, that could sort of be whatever. But uh, no, I think that the, the the likelihood that another another species, another alien species, would be so similar to us and yet come from presumably a completely different environment, or at least a significantly different environment, does not seem likely to me. Then, then let me elaborate on this. Uh tact a little bit, because some people say to me, you know, the reason we haven't met the aliens, the reason they haven't been in touch is because they're unhappy with us. They don't like what we're doing. We're wrecking the environment, or we have nuclear weapons, or we have reality television. We have something about our behavior uh, is uh, unpalatable to them. <laughs> what do you think about that? To me, well, what do you think about that? I, 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 you know, certainly humans uh, have have done some bad things to the planet. We've also done many good things to the planet uh, as well. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, the 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 idea that we're being ignored or being subjected to uh, alien disdain is, uh, you know, what? I, sorry, sorry. Let's just apologize to the aliens. Say, you know what? Sorry, we offended you. Sorry about the reality TV. We'll we'll forget about the Kardashians. Come down and talk to us. Yeah, you know, to me, it's very much like the the ants in my backyard figuring that I'm not spending a lot of time studying them because they're always at war with one another. Actually, that's not the reason. I've got other things to do. Yeah, as, yeah maybe the aliens were going to show up, and they're like, you know, I don't want TMZ at the landing site, so forget it. I'm taking off. <laughs> <Could be. laughs> Re- repeat writes, uh, why would aliens traverse the vast distances of space just to probe our butts? Seems like a waste of time and perhaps a little douchey. I see. Well, all right. Uh, this got a bit scatological. Ben, do you uh, uh, have some well, insight I, into alien uh, motives here? I don't know about your butt. Um, I I would like to think that my butt is worth coming across the universe to examine. I don't want to get too personal Why here. Aren't you full of yourself? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, look. I mean, again, this gets back to the bigger question of why in the world would uh, little in the world why why would why would they come all this way to you know to what to probe hillbillies. Uh, hillbillies and to uh, make you know make uh, you know circles and wheat. Uh, I mean, it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, of course, the it's, if they're going to contact us, uh, Seth well knows that they're much more likely to 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 use a method that's going to conserve energy. It's going to convey much more information. And I just um, you know, the problem is that when you look at the claims that are being made for for evidence of of alien presence here on Earth, right? You know, cattle mutilations, uh, crop circles, this and that. It, it all evaporates under close scrutiny, and then you're left with like, there's no real reason why they would be, you know, they be you know, shooting around in our skies and not go ahead and land on the White House lawn and announce themselves. 
Hmm. There you go. Good answer. Uh, and, and what a great question from repeat. Uh, can this is from James Pierce? Can you please tell us about the Black Knight satellite and what it might be? I can't find a straight answer on the internet. The Black Knight satellite oh. is that like Planet Schultz? <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Black Knight satellite? No, nobody's ever heard of the Black Knight. Maybe that's the whole idea that nobody can hear the Black Knight satellite. <laughs> Not that we can discuss. Yeah, I, I, I guess I've it's, it's, it's one of those Black, black Projects. It's like right? a Martin Lawrence movie. The well, black you know, there's satellite. a storm brewing. We're going to the lightning round. <laughs> All uh, right. Ray, so I'm going to just grab this bell. You got your bell? Yeah, so I can get my luggage taken care of. Okay. All right. All right. You ready, so, Seth? Yeah, Let's do Here it. Here we go. Uh, Richard Lapierre asks, to whom does one report a sighting? Oh, well, if you've seen a sighting and you think there's something credible about it, you, you know, a lot of people call me, but I tell them to call an organization known as MUFON, M-U-F-O-N, Mutual UFO Network, and they actually do take down the information. They have an online form and stuff like that. Is there any other place they ought to go, Ben? No, that's 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 my go-to. I mean, you know, sometimes if there's a if there's a sighting that that's like in my area, I may try investigate or or you know get Robert Schaefer or another investigator to do it. But typically, the answer is call MUFON and uh, if uh, you know, see what they say. All right, Jay Turtle wants to know: Could there be a civilization buried more than seven and a half miles under the Earth's crust? Well, that's kind of hard to answer. Uh, I, I don't know why there's seven and a half. I mean, the, the guy knows it to like a couple of percent that he knows that distance. Jay has gone 7.2 miles down. He hasn't gone the whole seven and a half. Yeah, is that it? he's got a deep, mace, uh, deep basement. Uh, I, you know, if you go that far down, the conditions are actually not so good. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hot. The, the rock is getting soft. I mean, you're in the mantle of the earth. And uh, if there's somebody down there, I don't know what they're going to eat because you don't have any sunlight to grow anything. Right. Or to feed your cows. Twinkies. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Let's go to another one. Uh, Ui Ocha writes, could our solar system contain ancient alien artifacts like those from 2001 A Space Odyssey? How might we be able to search for such objects? Okay. Well, Ben knows about the artifact situation. Uh, yeah. Um, could they exist? Sure. Uh, have they existed, for example, on the infamous space on Mars that uh, Hoagland and Richard Hoagland and others had talked about? No. So, um, uh, you know, who knows? It, we could, As we get closer and better resolution images of, of our, our solar system, we might find something that resembles some, some, something that was intelligently designed. But until then, I'm going with no. Yeah, too bad. Nothing right. for the museums yet. Sorry, Uyocha. Uh, Matthew Coles writes, is it possible we've been visited before, but it just takes so long to return that it seems ancient aliens are a myth? That's sort of, that ties into the whole pyramid question, I suppose. Well, I'll, I'll, let, let me say about ancient aliens. And Ben writes articles about these things. I mean, I've been to the pyramids a couple of times, and my theory about who built the pyramids was it was Egyptians. Now, I know that's radical, but if you go there, you can see all sorts of projects, you know, earthen ramps where they ran out of money and stuff like that. Do you think that those people were so stupid that they couldn't build giant pointy buildings by piling rocks on top of one another. I mean, I, I just find that condescending in the extreme. Nobody says who built the Colosseum. Everybody knows it was Romans. But if it's a pointy building, well, they needed alien help. Well, but then those are also older. Uh, yeah, but some of them are not older. I mean, the Mayan uh, pyramids are not older, right? What we're talking Several about, yeah. I, yeah. I never heard anybody claim that, the, well, okay. Well, no, but they do, they yeah. do. Except for the Mayans, of course. Uh, Ryan Milborn writes, "How long have you known? How long have you known that Neil is an alien?" 
Yeah, I don't know who can answer that. Uh, we should let Neil speak for himself. Uh, all I can say is that if Neil were an alien, you know, uh, I, I would like to know that because I think it would help our funding situation. All right. Okay. Uh, bu- bu- bu. Uh, even if scientists find proof of aliens, with the amount of skepticism on aliens in today's society, will the public believe it? That's Mark at Denshinon Shenshi. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I, I think absolutely. I think that uh, there, there's not a doubt in my mind that with all the bizarre, uh, unusual things that, that are going on in the world, I mean, we're getting information about new planets. I mean, it seems like every few months there's some new, uh, some new announcement of some possibly habitable um, planet out there. Uh, the, the idea that, 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 you know, that, that the existence of alien life is such a bizarre, mind-blowing, life-altering concept that people can't psychologically handle it or socially handle it, I think is absurd. I think that if aliens were to be, no, to, were, you know, to be proven to exist tomorrow, next month, or next year, uh, we, would, we, we as humans would do what we always do, which is incorporate that information, uh, learn more about them, and proceed. I don't think the people would suddenly be reduced to quivering blobs terrified by, by what might happen from 1950s films. Okay. We have time for maybe Last one quick real quick one, um, yes. Grumpy Crumpy in Texas. If you were part of an advanced alien civilization, would you want to visit Earth? Why or why not? Who knows what the aliens are interested in? But as we said, you know, there's nothing here for them, no raw materials that they need. Maybe they've just come because, uh, I don't know, they like uh, sports or something. But if you were part, if you were part of an alien civilization. Uh, I, I would come to study the biology. Yeah, I think right. that that's interesting. Because oh, that'll go. be special, wherever you are. All righty. Thanks to our listeners for those terrific cosmic questions. We're out of time today, but I just wanted to say a special thanks to our guest, Ben Radford, for uh, Skyping in. Wonderful uh, wonderful to talk with you, Ben, and to hear your very uh, measured insights into a highly emotional topic. I'm Seth Shostak. Uh, until next time, I'll be watching the skies, and I hope you'll be watching Star Trek All-Stars. Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. That's it for this segment of Star Talk. But when we come back, Bill Nye the Science Guy dropped by the Cosmic Crib. Stay tuned. This week in the Crib, I have with me Bill Nye the Science Guy. It's good to be here. Bill. Man. Hey. UFOs. I mean, UFOs. I mean, t- so so back back in the day. In the d- <laughs> no, when I worked at the TV station. Tell me what you did. I don't know your whole bio here. Well, I just walked through the newsroom. You had your Aaron Brown here in New York for a while. You got your Maurice Dubois here in New York. Well, local people. They're all Seattle newscasters at one time in their career. On their really? ways is, is up. So Seattle was the proving ground before they come to like bigger like, cities. When you're younger, yes. Okay. But my point being, there was a joke among t- television photographers, camera people. Well, I sure hope that doesn't happen when such and such, when this Empire State Building falls over. Or I sure hope that doesn't happen when we're trying to film a car wreck. Like a car wreck was once considered an impossible thing to record. Right, right. Because you have to be there. And have the camera out and ready. But when it turns out, now that we're taking, pick a number. Billions. Of pictures every day. Yes. More pictures taken this year than ever before, ever, ever. And so uh, car wrecks are, I won't say routine, but are filmed or recorded often enough. Mm -hmm. And So So rare things have found their way. 
to recording devices. That's right. And so you would expect at some point this flying saucer deal would have showed up, shown up on somebody's phone. But it hasn't. That's if it's a flying saucer. How about just UFOs in general? Well, there's always things you can't identify in the sky. Is there anything you have... You're, you're, you are a wise and learned man. Is there anything you've yeah, seen yeah, in the sky... I'm Bill. I'm Bill Nye. Just a second. Maybe <laughs> Is there anything you have seen in the sky, day or night, that you could not identify and therefore to you was an unidentified flying object? Uh, yes. What? However, what? there was nothing that made me think it was an alien. Okay. So what was it? Uh, just airplanes. I think there were some shooting stars. There was definitely a couple satellites. But then you knew what they are. I'm just well, asking. I just, I went, but they go across, and you're a little freaked. You're a little kid. And okay. then you go to the Washington Post and see that Telstar or whatever was scheduled to fly Telstar. over. Telstar? Fly over your You're head. older than I thought. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, okay, so there are things you saw when you were younger that you later learned what they were likely to be. Yes. Okay. Anything else you've seen that you couldn't identify? Well, I can, sometimes I can't tell if it's an airplane or a helicopter. Okay. But those are flying things. Flying things. Then I well, certainly that's seen, the F in UFO, flying. Yeah, that's I certainly have seen uh, many, many uh, shooting stars. But uh, you know they're shooting stars. This you, is my point. So I'm working, I'm, it's getting, not I'm just ideating. crap in the sky. You wouldn't accept no. Right. Try started with no, but then you know, <laughs> let's dig deeper. What about this? What about that? No, 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 no. Hey, let me give you some more of this Merlot. And so I am uh, this very 2005 good. 2005 Merlot from good. Sonoma County. Uh, which is in California in the U.S. So that's a good sound. It's a good sound. The sound of a uh, I'm pretty sure if glass. you were what? diligent, you could analyze the sound and determine whether it was wine or water. Pretty sure. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Wine has a slightly higher viscosity yeah, to it. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously. But we digress. Imagine us. So, <laughs> digressing. So, uh, the UFOs, uh, if there are aliens visiting here, I just don't think that you'd see them. Or how about this? We have not seen them so far. Furthermore, the extraordinary claims that people have had the aliens poke probes up their noses and stuff seems or really other like orifices, it. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went with Ann's stuff. Uh, and then the cows being... Uh, Eviscerated. Attacked. Yeah. I'm open-minded, but I don't see that there's anything other than the work of coyotes and so, so on. Mm-hmm. So, bring it on. But and I'm not saying I don't respect... Well, a coyote can't eat an entire cow. Well... If you, like, nibble on it and then come back later. And I don't know that a coyote would attack a cow being so much bigger than a coyote. I was kind of jamming there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't think that we've been visited by aliens who have poked stuff up people's noses. And an enormous percentage of the population has been affected and no one can show it. What is your coolest sky phenomenon you've seen that was not an everyday ordinary thing uh the northern lights the northern lights i've never still haven't seen. my uh, wife is from freaking alaska i know from fairbanks Grew up with them yeah and the university of alaska fairbanks have a whole northern light of fun but i saw when they, i was they, in they're all into northern lights there and it's a thing it's a thing it's a thing i still have i, I may have seen them but we're so far south here that yeah. it was just a sky glow. Yeah, I saw yeah. a glow in the sky. Did you see the pink? Over No, there's no colors because as it gets dimmer, you lose your, mm-hmm. your cone sensitivities and your retina. So, so, so I think I was only catching the grays of these changing lights. There was a glow of lights towards the north, and there was no known city there that could have provided. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I saw. I was uh, 
climbing, you know, hiking in the mountains of Washington State, right on the. You're such an outdoor guy. Well, when you live in Seattle, Neil, that's really. But these are stories you can regale. You're now a New York City resident. You can regale people of any outdoor story, and people will just be listening and say, "Wow, is that what it's so like?" So I repelled down this face. <laughs> it's about three hundred feet. But actually, now the, the only way the New Yorker could hear your stories is here in the Cosmic Crib. Yeah, so I Kid, bivouacked. My crib, my office. Thanks for coming to my office. It's really nice. My office I love the, the Cosmic Planetary. Crib. And for those of you who have not been here, <laughs> you must. There's, there's wine. <laughs> Just like every time you come in here, some exotic, crazy, cool wine. This is this is from the U.S., this wine. Yes, it's it 2005. Is. Anyway, when you get up high enough and conditions are right, sometimes in, in Washington State, Canada, you'll see the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. But the conditions have to be just so. Yeah, okay. And uh, I've been in Anchorage, and it wasn't happening. I've been in uh, Cordova. It was, I was weathered out. Wait, where's Cordova? Uh, on the Copper River. You know Copper River salmon, everybody? Or Exxon Valdez. I am from the Bronx. But your wife's from freaking Fairbanks. I know, but okay. <laughs> so uh, I've met her. She's a real person. I believe her stories <laughs> about Fairbanks. Uh, anyway... I've been. Yeah, they go to the river and the salmon jump in their mouths and they go kinda, home and cook it. Yeah, it right. is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. And I'm paying twenty dollars a pound for salmon and they're jumping in their in their. Yeah, but you got to get there and be ready. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is actually on sale. I get it for twelve ninety nine. It is. It is amazing. It really is. A, a, as far as a phenomenon as a living thing on on Earth, okay. watching the salmon be, uh, shoulder to shoulder swimming through these creeks is just really amazing. Under the northern lights. Under the yes, <laughs> under the northern lights, which really are striking. I mean, it's a real. You asked the other thing I've never seen, Neil. I've I've sort of thought I've seen it is the green flash. Yeah, green flash is an elusive thing. And so made a big deal of it in in parts of the Caribbean. So there's an entire scene I know, pivoting I on problem, the green flash. I don't have a problem with it. So I might green flash is a phenomenon where the sun is setting and the air has to be highly stable on the horizon and layered so as the sun sets here comes light from the sun blue light goes up scatters into the sky to give you a blue sky mm-hmm. red light makes it through the atmosphere straight on through because the blue is all scattered out the blue scattered out by the all you left is the red and so now somewhere in between somewhere in between right you can get green because Roy G. Biv red, orange, yellow, green I love green, blue, indigo violet. green is like in the middle you're not going to notice the shades of blue because they all got scattered out you're not going to notice the shades of red because that's just the sun the only one that's going to stand out is going to be the green Neil did I piss you off? yeah <laughs> I love I'm the guy that brought up the green flag no I'm all hot for it so you I, need and it often happens over over a stable sort of oceanic ocean so yeah. Hawaii's where people Hawaii, land based based people but apparently people at sea and ships see it from time to time so so but just a, a point about Roy G. Biv whom I love yeah <laughs> uh, the reason we got an IV the reason we have indigo in there is so that green is in the middle most of the light from the sun is green. Yeah, well, it peaks. It peaks in yeah, green. It's yeah. charming yeah. to say most. It's a charming. Thing. But it's not really the most, though. Most is actually infrared, if you grouped it. Well, okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. It's, I... It's a, it's, if you got to take the integral so under the in curve. So my, in my first kid's book, talking some more about me, I recommend the use of Iroy G. Bivu for this very example. Iroy G. Bivu? Very purpose. That's yeah, creepy. Iroy G. Bivu. <laughs> Gives you infrared, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, ultraviolet. Ultraviolet, I guess. So ultra. By the way, everybody, ultra means beyond. So when people talk, and trans means across. 
you're an astronomer. I'm a little arms akimbo. Uh, an object like you could say Sedna, a trans-Neptunian. They really mean ultra-Neptunian. General object like Pluto. Generally, yeah, but Pluto crosses Neptune's orbit, so I can sort of no. That's not. They would not think in this through. Yeah, it's exactly s- what I'm saying. My people only occasionally. And you bust my chops about your people quite often, Doc. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Your my astrophysics people are all people. into your Big Bang and how much better that is. We have way cooler vocabulary. Tastes and yeah, yeah okay. But Red giant Big Bang black hole, all one syllable. It's I'm down, references. but along that line, it should be ultra. But we're talking about UFOs. But yeah. so you so you're not now. Any, what's your favorite UFO? What's your favorite alien portrayed in a movie? Oh, if you see the original The Thing. Yeah. Oh man! Wasn't the thing just an ant? No, it's a well, that was them. seven foot vegetable. Oh, sorry, sorry. Guy. Yeah, the, the ant. Yeah, yeah. Them just and the an thing. Ant. Just a giant ant that can <laughs> snap your head off with one mandible clasp. No. <laughs> Mandibular clasp. Yeah. So, wait, so the thing, what was the thing? It was a creature? Yes, portrayed by um, James Arness because he was a tall guy. And they did this thing in that movie. They also did it in the original Alien. They did this thing where they... They interrupt each other. Don't finish each other's sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't quite hear what they're saying. Yeah. The things is that it's outside. But there's a move around. But get the shovel. What did he say? What did he say? What's going? It's right outside. No, it's really, it's really a scary movie. Ah, I'll, I'll check that out. Now the remake of the thing is pretty good. So okay, so you like the alien and the thing. My favorite alien is not that you ask, but I will get. Yeah, it I'd love you. to know. My favorite alien is the Blob. The Blob. Steve McQueen, 1958. <laughs> No appendages. No, there's not an actor in a suit. It is a life form unlike any other. It's amoeboid. Ever. It's a it's a macroscopic amoeba mm-hmm. that sucks your blood. Which is a drag. And <laughs> hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you know uh, that's what we did in uh, before he lost his mind. That's what uh, Michael Crichton had in the. Uh, Andromeda's Andromeda strain. Yeah. It was a crystal life. Your, yeah, your these are attempts to try to be really different and scary, rather than just be lizard like yeah, as all the aliens were. Well, they're even in Star the... Trek, the Gorn. the Gorn. I will be merciful. <laughs> it was just... you have no chance, Captain. <laughs> he has reasoned it out. I... He makes gunpowder, touches it off with a piece of his sock, which is somehow flammable. I, I didn't remember that. Twenty-three part. century. Sense. I just remember he had a uh, a diamond. Yeah, uh, which diamond. is a pretty solid projectile. Yeah, yeah, that, got that'll a work. Huge a hope diamond size rock. <laughs> you can do some damage. <laughs> he has reason to that. Yeah, but that was just basically a reptile, and we fear yeah, reptiles. Yeah, slow yeah. moving. Yeah. Where, by the way, the Gorn in nineteen sixty-six is a slow moving reptile. Mm-hmm. Sixty-seven, maybe. Um, Whereas we've now decided, by upon further review, that the ancient dinosaurs might have been pretty fast, quick-moving Velociraptor kind of deal, covered with feathers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the Gorn was the state of the art, but so state it, of the so, art in twenty third century. So every time people draw UFOs, they're like flying saucers because they look just like hubcaps. Wait, other way around. <laughs> no, uh, because I think people imagined. Uh, a ship that would a wing that would work flying an omnidirectional wing that needed no tail no no tail because you go in any direction at all and then yeah. spinning uh, spinning I, I just thought people inside would get dizzy well but no well, they're used to it <laughs> <laughs> 
then how can they always look out one direction when they're spinning well, around? Well, this is always an that. issue, Neil. I, there's some, I have there's some trust and they got some good software. <laughs> Bill. Neil. Thanks for coming back to the crib. I love the crib. This is the crib. The crib. Like, uh, the office of the director of the Hayden Planetary. It is. A, a title I happen to occupy. And he's flicking your wine glass. Uh, Bill, as always, thanks for coming by. Thank you. You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, director of the Hayden Planetarium here in New York City. As always, I bid you to keep looking up.